0: You're listening to an Encore presentation of The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420 and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075 are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming events, please go to tina tinamitchelleevents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how they can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, We're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855- 40-1150. 41150 again that's one eight five five four hundred eleven fifty, 1150 or online at themoneyhour.com and our lineup for today's show we have John Chan of Engaging Virtual Meetings how to beat Zoom fatigue Chad Galloway of Junk Luggers of Northwest Puget Sound financial and mental health benefits of decluttering your space and our last guest in studio is Amy Kellyo of Amy Kellyo Photography, more than saying cheese, how to choose a family photographer and prepare for a shoot. And also, again, if you are watching our show on our Facebook premiere or on our YouTube channel, you will see that we are right here on video, everybody wave hi. I would also like to introduce our engineer of Hubbard Radio engineer slash producer, Benny, and our director of marketing, Victoria. We could not do it without them. So thank you, Benny and Victoria. Great information and great guests in the studio. And today for more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. Um, and now let's start out the show today, as we do each week with a little bit of money chat.
0: Money. Money.
1: What do you got for money chat today, Keelan?
2: I am moving on to our next batch week four of mortgage reports and I got quite a bit to get through so I'm going to hop right in it so we're going to start with appreciation reports and appreciation reports unlike the medium home price they give us a reading on how home values are performing these are very important not only to understand but also important for me and Tina to articulate to our customers so remember buying a home is a financial decision and our clients need to know the financial opportunity that exists with purchasing a home the case shiller home price in Index is considered the gold standard for appreciation reports and tracks the monthly changes in the value of residential real estate. This report is a bit behind. It has two months delay and it is based on the resale of single family homes while co-ops, condominiums, and new constructions are excluded. There is a national index and 20 city composite index that are mostly widely watched. This report will give us both the monthly and the annual appreciation figure. And then moving on to the FH. FHFA Housing Price Index, I mentioned this in some other uh, reports as far as connection, but it's reported by the Federal Housing Finance Agency, the FHFA, using data provided by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, it includes conventional mortgages with conforming loan amounts and excludes all mortgages insured by federal entities. I-E-F-H-A-V-A. Like the Case-Shiller Home Index, uh, it has two-month lag. The index measure repeat transaction and compares prices for similar homes. The report typically shows higher appreciation than the Case-Shiller Home Price Index since it is reporting on homes with conforming loan amounts. So remember the two-month lag there because that can be affected in how it's presented. The CoreLogic Home Price Index, let's jump into that guy. It, it tracks the previous month's changes in the value of the residential real estate. While it is similar to the FH FHFA, I have problems saying that housing price index in the case Schiller, it differs in that it has a forecasted component as well. So CoreLogic will estimate how much they think home prices will rise or fall in the next month and over the next year. Um, and that was I had a little smidgen of a couple of reports that were actually connected to last week. And now I'm going to jump into other economic reports and events, uh, which um which I promised for this week. So mortgage applications, we're gonna start there, are released every week, typically on Wednesday, by the mortgage bankers association, association, the MBA. The report shows application volume for the previous week and gives a close to real-time pulse of the mortgage market. And within the report, overall application, purchase applications, and refinance refinance applications are measured. Each component is compared to the previous week and the same week a year ago. The report also um, breaks down the percentage of the purchases and refinances to total application. It's a mix of applications, as well as where the rates were during that week. The interest rate component can be misleading for customers. So pay attention as the rate is for an old rate for the previous week and is always quoted with some fraction of points included, but that is hidden beneath the headlines. We hear about this all the time. We see it on websites, read the small print. Uh and they're usually outdated. By doing this, it can lead consumers to believe that rates are lower than they actually are and that they can be uh that and that they can get the prior week's rate. Um the case freight index So there's another thing that we use outside is less widely viewed, but it's very important to those in the in the know it is one of the uh, reports we use as an early recession indicator and one of the things we're paying attention now, especially looking in the future with inflation. It is a monthly measure of the North American freight market and provides value insight into the supply chain and indicators of the overall economy. The data is derived from about 36 million invoices processed by Cass annually on behalf of its uh, base, which represents a broad sampling uh, of the industry tree. Next is the GDP. You'll hear this thrown around all over the place. That's the gross domestic product. It's a report that's quarterly by the Bureau of Economics Analysis, BEA, and measures the total monetary or market value of all finished goods and service produced within a country's borders in a specific time period. It functions as a scorecard for the country's economic health and a common recession indicator. A recession is often defined as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. There are three GDP readings per quarter. There's the advance, the preliminary, and the final with the final coming three months after the measured Quarter. As a result, we do not know. Um, as a result, we do not know we are in the recession until after it's already had one. So these indicators are beforehand. We're already in the. Uh, we're already in this recession, uh, and we don't even know it. But by the time these readings come out, um, and then output gap. The output gap is the difference between real GDP, which are annual actual GDP, and potential GDP, which is the GDP capacity. When you see the gap start to turn negative, it shows that the U.S. is producing less. And it has potential to produce. This means that there's excess capacity and can often result in the lack of pricing pressure. And it can be a sign that the economy is slowing down and results of tempered levels of inflation. Of course, goods and things, services coming in and out of countries will tell you about uh recessions. So, uh, that wraps up this week on our reports, and there's some more to go into next week, actually, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, great education that you've been providing on critical imports to understand what's happening uh, in the economy. So you can go to the moneyar.com to pick up any of Helen's uh, previous because you will want to listen to them. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. Yesterday, Fed Chair Powell told Congress that the economy is a ways off from where it needs to be for the Fed to start tightening its easy monetary policy. He cited that labor market continues still to have a long way to go and that inflation has increased notably due to the temporary factors. He believes that it will remain elevated in the coming months before society and that this is within their expectations, which we would argue that is way above their expectations. Powell repeated that the the Fed will be giving lots of notice before tightening, which leads us to believe that the Fed may be not be on pace to start tight tapering until 2022. Powell will be speaking again today with the same prepared testimony, but the Q and A session could bring in some new insights. And speaking of the labor market's initial job claims, which measures in individuals filing for unemployment benefits for the first time, decreased 26,000 to 360,000. Continued claims, or those that continue to receive benefits, decreased 160. 26,000 to 3.2 million. Both of these readings are post pandemic lows, the pandemic unemployment assistant claims, which gives individual benefits who would not usually qualify and the pandemic emergency claims, which extends benefits after regular benefits expire fell by 334,000 combined 13.8 million individuals still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, which is down 334,000 from last week. Now, we have seen roughly 800,000 drop over the past two weeks. It would appear that although lagging, we are seeing a benefit from some of the states starting to cut extra benefits early ahead of the Labor Day expiration. There is a lag because if it takes a while to find a job and then a few weeks to report it due to the lagging in the nature of these reports, one would hope that the Fed could see a few moves down the board and maybe not think labor is so far away from coming back online they risk waiting too long to being tapering and after all this was meant to be for emergency situations only now the consumer price index cpi which measures inflation on the consumer level rose by 0.9 percent in june which is much hotter than the 0.5 percent expected their year-over-year reading increased five percent to 5.4 percent which is the highest year-over-year increases that we've seen for 13 years the core reading which strips out food and energy prices was also up 0.9% almost double expectations on a year over year basis the core reading increased from 3.6 to 4.5 which is the highest year over year increase in 29 years this could speed up the fed's timing on tapering and as well of rate hikes Rents rose 0.2% in June, increasing only by 1.9% year-over-year basis. Owners evaluated rent rose 0.3% in June and 2.3% year-over-year, but it is flawed. It's a survey which asks homeowners the question, if someone were to rent your home today, how much would you rent it for on a monthly basis? unfurnished and without utilities. Well, obviously, this is subjective, and most have no idea how much their home would rent for. This is the way the CPI reads and is tied to the account for the change in home prices, and makes up 24% of the CPI report. It is significantly lagging over rental index, showing that 5% plus in rent gains. An Mm. argument can be made that even though inflation is hot, it should be hotter by 1% because of this component is so flawed. On the other side of the coin, this type of inflation, inflation is not felt by all. You only experience housing inflation or rent inflation when you purchase or you start a new lease agreement. Now, the 2021 child tax credit payments are starting to be sent out. If you make under 75,000 as a single taxpayer or 150,000 filing jointly, you'll receive $3,600 per child under six and 3,000 for children ages six to 17. If you make more than these levels, payments will be reduced by $50 for every $1,000 above those limits with payments phasing out for individuals filing earnings 95000 and joint filtering earnings of 170000 Half of it will be paid monthly over a six-month period. So for example, if you're filing jointly and earn less than $150,000 and you have one child under six, you will receive $300 each month for six months, with the remaining $1,800 that can be claimed when you file your 2021 taxes. Tina Mitchell here, and that is your Money Chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, how to boom, how to beat Zoom fatigue. John Chen of Engaging Virtual Meetings, right here on 1150 AM
0: KKNW. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on any of my upcoming events, please go to tina tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show so they can answer any questions or um, any future topics that you would like to hear. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show. Very excited to have John Chen of Engaging Virtual Meetings. How to Beat Zoom Fatigue right here on 1150 AM KKNW. John, welcome to the show.
3: Okay, I'm just messing with you, Tina.
1: (laughs) I knew you. I knew you were. I know you so well. It's so exciting to have you here. And to uh, to our listeners here today, I have personally hired John to level up my events, uh, my keynote sharing my story of Tragedy to Triumph, just bringing me right up stage on a Zoom presence. You're going to see some really cool stuff. If you're listening, if you're watching our video, you're going to see some cool stuff. If you're listening to us on air, you need to go to our site and watch on video some of the things that John going to show you today uh just really excited to have you john thank you so much
3: yeah you're welcome thank you for having me tina uh excited as always and innovating even more things since the last time i I saw you
1: yeah no no doubt Uh, let me share a little bit about john uh meet the author of engaging virtual meetings he has been doing virtual meetings for over 35 years. Yeah, most of us didn't even know virtual meetings were available 35 years ago. John can juggle 16 screens of information at one time. He produced an international training conference for 1,200 attendees that had 100% live. John also produced a six-language virtual meeting. He is recognized without a doubt thought leader of Engaging Virtual Meetings. John is the Wiley and Sons author of Engaging Virtual Meetings and 50 digital team-building games, top-selling business books. Let's welcome my own personal coach for virtual events, John Chen.
3: Thank you so much, Tina. yeah, it was so great a chance to work with Tina, because you know, Tina has such a powerful message when she's not doing the money hour, hopefully you know that, that we actually up, you know, up-leveled her talk uh, so that it became more uh, that you got into it, into the, the talk, and that's part of really the key, I think, that we need to do here in, in virtual. Like, we all know how to be engaging in the real world, you know, you go up, you talk, you do things, but here uh-huh. in virtual, it's because it's new, I think there's a lot of things that haven't even yet been done or been explored.
2: Yeah, I think it's, and we're forced to do this because of COVID. Now, Zoom is such a an, a, a an official piece of everybody's business. If you're not on Zoom, I don't know what you're doing uh, because it's it's essential to every business at this point. John, let's back up. I want to ask you, uh, tell our listeners who you are and what specifically do you do? Oh, yeah, here. Wait,
3: I can do the short version for this, Caitlin, Are you ready?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to, show, to see anything you
3: show me. Okay, let's see if we can get this done right. All right, here we go. All right, so uh, Keelan, I used to do team building, right? I actually am an <laughs> FAA drone pilot, and I actually used to shoot the largest number of group videos, right? Uh, known as a droney. But uh, of course last year, coronavirus, right? And for me, what was my personal story with this? 15 canceled programs. I'm a small business, you know, that, that's not gonna really help me. But hey, Keelan, do you know what this is? You're, do you, have you seen this thing? I know what a prodigy is, but not maybe what you're referring to. This was an online service, and why it was so groundbreaking, it was pre-AOL. It was the first graphical, right? But what I love to tell the kids oh. is that this is when modems used to make noise. Do you remember when modems used to make noise, right? They go, right? Yeah, Yep, yep, been there. I was on this, and this was like, you know, basically 35 years ago. And so I've been meeting online and watching... I love the technology, but I also love the the human, the psychology, like what our humans do with all this technology. And so uh, as t- early as 2011, I published this book, 50 Digital Team Building Games, and I got the book into the hands of one of these guys, right? He's kind of a leader. Um, but uh, what, did, what did my intuition tell me to do with 15 council programs? It said, put a course out called Virtual Team Building. I offered it free, kind of like, remember in March of 2020 when we had no idea what was going on? And yeah. Like really, you had no. Every day something no changed, idea. right? Okay. And so this was my gift to the world. I said, "This is a one-hour class. It's free." Uh, and it was all these ideas that I had been storing up, and I had tested along the way. But here's the key to it: 5,000 people took this class last year.
1: Yeah, that's and crazy. So,
3: Wiley came here. The Wiley, John Wiley and Sons, is. Um, I published my first book. They came. Hey, John, you want to write your second book? And if you want to be an author, you should say. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: sure. <laughs> you know, and and I wish that I wish that everybody was actually, uh, and if you're driving right now, uh, don't take out your phone and try to see this on uh, video. You can catch <laughs> it afterwards. But uh, John is just amazing. And I started doing virtual meetings myself. I, I created my coaching program for One Time Your Business, which is on time management business efficiency, complimentary eight weeks, by the way, uh, shout out. You can, um, and I, I, seven years ago, and I've been virtual since then, I was doing virtual opportunities for people to choose virtual for my mortgage business for probably, Um, maybe about a decade, however, not 35 years. So I thought I was a step up, but uh, John's a whole nother level. So John, uh, you are the author of Engaging Virtual Meetings. Can you share how that came about? so
3: yeah so i put that class up uh, and um again it w- really hit and it hit from like some unique resource i got republished in a website which was re- recommending books everyone was going to libraries to say what are the work from home resources and my my old book 50 digital team building games got picked up and put out there again and so this class and they said and uh, i said hey i actually have this class too Right to show you how to do some of the things in the book, and it just really took off from there. Um, This book was rushed too. So in publishing time, I think I signed in April or May, and the book actually came out in October. Um, And anybody who knows publishing, right, that's fast.
1: Yeah, that is.
3: And and so October, since October twenty twenty, right? I think you saw this um, is that uh, it hit the Amazon number one uh, hot new release when it came out, and since then, right, Tina. You know, everyone's talking about how did we deal with uh, with coronavirus, and now, right? I used to do team building, uh, mm-hmm. but I spend the majority of my time really in designing and producing virtual events, and yes. of course, speaking and emceeing at them. And so that's really how my life has been transformed over the past.
1: That's years. awesome.
2: Yeah. And I just want to share with those that are listening. So he's doing, John's doing some magic here. Like I'm stuck in my chair right now. He's like walking around and zooming out and zooming in and doing some of this wizard zoom wizardry you've never seen before. Uh, so you got to get in touch with John so uh-huh. I can see how it can make your zoom meeting. So that much cooler uh, than just sitting here staring at my mug. So uh, John, speaking of that, how, in your opinion, do you beat the, the old zoom fatigue? Cause we've all been there. So in Beating
3: Zoom Fatigue, you know, in the book, we we really uh, put out six things here, and uh, I'll see if I can do the short version of this for you. But it, well, we came up with a system, a six-step system called Engage, right? And so in Engage, we really wanted to look and see could, if we could get you to do six, even one of the six things, your meeting would be more engaging. And I think you know it's great. I met somebody else, and I did a lot of research on Zoom fatigue. And some of the people came back and said Zoom fatigue isn't isn't new. It's it was the same thing. Remember when you had bad meetings, Keelan? Back oh in yeah, we've the-
2: all yeah. been a bit.
3: there. <laughs> yeah, i think zoom just magnified the badness of those meetings yes. so um you know proper meeting design is really one of the keys but engage here's the first part it's e engage and interact with every attendee now this is easy because i've talked with tina and i've said keelan's name okay we got everyone covered but as the meeting gets larger it gets harder harder to act but have a plan to talk or touch every single person right whether it's by poll or chat or, or talking with them Engage and interact with every attendee. What I love is like, Tina has taken these pieces, and as soon as you get into Tina's meeting, you know it's different because she's rocking some music, she's playing an inspirational video. I mean, I just love that part. Um, the next one here is though, is this, right? Uh, you already know this here in the the media industry, but um, you know, people who are, are trying to handle this, especially if they're not tech savvy, is that you get it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Uh, Keelan, you're gonna love this. 35 years of of being um, you know on virtual meetings, and I can still get caught up mute right
1: yeah 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 when we do, we do we we do is as, as well for sure it's,
3: it, and it's not your fault. I think there's yeah. just so much technology, right, that it's so easy to do. So this is the end. The end stands for never lead a meeting alone, right? There are producers here that you're not seeing on camera who help this, this broadcast be amazing. And uh-huh. I'm telling you, your Zoom meeting should be exactly the same way. And either pay somebody to do it or, or just sometimes you can assign somebody in the room who's a, an attendee to do it. And by the way, that's a, another engagement trick because basically, Keelan, if I assigned you to take care of the chat, right, you can't tune out of this meeting. You can't no. multitask because now oh, I get you like a great
1: assignment. idea. Yeah. yeah, definitely. In my uh, my my course, I've had somebody that's facilitating everything. And I was introduced to John a day before, uh, one day before I was doing a keynote with Liberty High School for 1,500 students virtually, uh, sharing my story of tragedy to triumph to really make a difference uh, with the school. They've had, uh, they had a suicide and a lot of dynamics going on with the teens there. And I met with John and I saw what he can do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. I literally implemented and got everything set up for my Zoom meeting. My keynote that I was doing the next morning uh, didn't get any sleep, but I still rocked. It anyway. So John, you are just uh, unbelievable in what you do and the way you share everything just to get somebody to take action that quickly. All right. So we have, um, we just need more time with you, John. Uh, this is definitely not enough enough time because we've got a minute left uh, with you. So we're going to bring you back in for the entire show. So uh, Victoria is online, so she'll get you scheduled for that. But as we're wrapping up here for the last minute, I want you to give everything that you have. Um, in a minute that you can share with oh. people that are listening to the show.
3: Okay, so yeah, let's, like I said, let's do the speed version, right? Um, here are the other ones. Bad backgrounds, you've seen a bunch of these. What What is our solution? G is for good looks. Make this look great. Or you can see here, right, a... Um, Uh, Tina has an amazing mic. You have, of course, your money hour. Look, find different ways so you can really look great as opposed to like your laundry or a blank wall or all those other things. You know, the problem is people talking over each other in Zoom. Our solution for that is air traffic control. Have systems so only one person is talking at a time. And if you're the host of the meeting, I think that's your job. Of course, working online here is very challenging, um, but the G in Engage stands for get productive with virtual tools. Learn how to use all the tools if Zoom is your platform or whatever. And then once you master those, then start learning some of these other cool visual tricks or whatever you have. But I think all of you have had Zoom fatigue at least once, right, Keelan? Yes. Yep. So the last piece up for this is to E. The last E is end your meeting on a high note. So within the 60, 60 section that I have, I gave you six things just so you can figure out how to end this meeting on your high note. You implement even one of these and I bet your virtual meeting will change.
1: Hundred percent, and we're going to have John back in uh, for the entire hour show because what he has is unbelievable. And I know I've already said it, John, but mm-hmm. from the deepest place that I can say thank you. I wish you guys were seeing everybody was seeing him on video. It's just awesome. You are amazing. You have magical. And we are what we want to do when we're doing meetings is we want to be able to connect with our audience. And just like John says, if you're uh, if if you're not leveling it up on your in person, think about how much more challenging it could be in leveling it up on virtual but if you've got john behind you uh you've got a great guy so and keep the smile look at your camera get engaged have those uh have those movements you can see john's actually uh he's dancing over here too as well do do a dance john before we uh go to the next segment
3: there we go go. so on the next show i will show you how i'm doing this for those who can't see i'm in a three-dimensional studio and now yeah. I can do this. He
1: needs, some da- he needs some dance lessons, but that's a whole nother show. John, you're amazing. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and being on the show.
3: Thank you, Tina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Coming up next in the money, are financial and mental health benefits of decluttering your space. Chad Galloway of Junk Luggers of North Puget Sound, right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: So do you want to beat Zoom fatigue?
3: Do you want to take your virtual meetings to the very next level? Do you want to learn how John Chen did some of these amazing Zoom techniques? Well, then all you have to do is click on engagingvirtualmeetings.com forward slash conference to register for the Engaging Virtual Meetings Conference 2.0. Coming up in October, you will experience the next level of virtual meetings featuring nine of the top virtual speakers in the world. Come learn the latest in how to take your virtual meetings to the very next level. Again, the website is engagingvirtualmeetings.com
0: forward slash conference. For Engaging Virtual Meetings Conference 2.0. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Chad, welcome to the show for the first time. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, very excited to share with our listeners about you and your business. So a little bit about Chad, saving the world one lug at a time. What a great tagline Uh, jugglers, they are a eco friendly furniture and junk removal company since 2004 they have saved over 50 million pounds of junk from ending up in the landfills through their everyday mission of donating recycling and repurposing as much as possible. Now, here's what they offer. Eagle-friendly junk removal, estate cleanouts, garage, basement and attic cleanouts, business cleanouts, storage cleanouts, hot tub removal, piano removal, senior downsizing for hoarders, curbside pickup, east-wasting recycling, donation drop-offs, and Mm labor-only services. Now, just ask them if they can take care of your junk, and I'm sure they can. Thank you. So
2: let's start out with this, Chad. Um, Of course, the money hour. So we want to know what are the financial benefits of decluttering your space?
4: Well, thanks for asking. First off, I don't know about you, but uh, there are a lot of times when I'm going to find the remote uh, batteries, and unfortunately, they're not working. I I lose the batteries and so I end up at the store spending $10, and then sure enough, a few days later, I find those batteries. So by decluttering (laughs) your your space. space... you're giving yourself an opportunity to not be uh, double buying things that you don't need. I mean, that's, that's just important. You'll see there's a lot of storage facilities that have been popping up over the years. I I wonder why. Is it possible that people are finding not enough space in their current residence and ending up spending extra money on a storage facility? Allow us to come in and assist you and maybe downsizing, utilizing some of those things that you have in your home that another family or another person could use, and then possibly saving yourself some money on those, those storage facilities. Um, you may be able to move into a smaller space. I mean, for crying out loud, is that if that's something that is important to you, by allowing us to come in and assist you in decluttering your home, you are saving yourself money in the end.
1: Yeah, and so if you if you have something, you're going to do a garage sale and you notice that you're selling things that haven't been unpacked yet, it's still in the original packing, you know that you need to get in the habit of decluttering. And it's a great thing when you actually have decluttered and you create the habit around that clean and minimal space, then you're not going to find yourself wasting money, uh, just as Chad has shared with us. So, Chad, what are the mental health benefits of decluttering your space?
4: Well, there's been a study that's showing that it really does create a sense of confidence It's energizing. Now allow us to come in and do the work for you, but it's energizing it makes you feel good to have just a reduced amount of stuff. It reduces anxiety. Um, I I know for myself personally, when I go into a place and there's just so many things, it just drives me crazy. And so for a lot of families, as they start getting older, they've accumulated these items, but don't know what to do with them. Allow us to come in and work with you to determine, hey, what makes sense for you? How can we help you minimize the minimize the things that you have and you know obviously as folks are getting a little bit older we want to prevent um trip hazards in their home or their space um and you know what you can find lost treasures not just something that's of value but you know what you can find something that memento that picture that shirt that you wore in the 1980s that they called and they want it back um so a lot of those things so i can tell you firsthand chad too with the with like
2: I won't name names, but obviously you can click a button and things show up at your door immediately. I mean, that problem is just made so much easier. And then I bought a new house in June of 2020. And uh, Angela, my wife is, you know, easy to click some buttons. Next thing you know, you find yourself in a mess and it happens slowly. Then all of a sudden you're like, we have a lot of stuff and it is stressful. So I couldn't agree with you more on that. What are some tips for some, uh, for our listeners for, uh, decluttering,
4: would you say? Thank you for asking that. I mean, really, what we want to do is help people start small. I mean, in, in most cases, um, there it could be a situation where they're just procrastinating. Maybe their work schedule or their life schedule is preventing them from really investing that time um, needed t- to do that. That's where we can step in and come in and, and help folks. And it's, again, especially for our seniors, um, this is something that I, is very sensitive to our, our company, we really want to assist those folks when they're they're having to downsize into different locations and moving so those things are, are really important to us in our in our franchise.
1: Yeah, when you're looking, I love you. You said small because anything else. I'm a time management, business efficiency coach on top of being in the mortgage industry for a quarter of a century. Uh, But it's the key is is creating a different habit, and you have to be able to rejoice in those small successes that you're making in the process, and over time that will have a ripple or a compound uh, compound effect. And if you're going to make, you know, have a space that you have that's whatever that space looks like. If you've got a large home, you've got a little more space. If you've got a studio apartment, you've got a lot less space. Maybe you need to get a a store unit that you're willing to pay for um, as you're slowing down the process, but whatever that space is, when it's full, you can't have any more. And if you have one more thing, you've got to remove one thing, you know, so it really get strategic in how you set yourself up there. So Chad, what do you see are the difficulties of decluttering?
4: Well, where do you start? <laughs> oftentimes it's, where do you start? I don't wanna get rid of this. This is really important to me. It, it could have sentimental value. It could be worth money. So those things are oftentimes what what are, people find is a difficult thing to get started. But my gosh, over time, we start accumulating all of these things. And my gosh there's families there's people out there that probably could really use those items if you're not using them, you know what I mean.
1: So, and a lot is probably in your own mind in the conversation you're having with yourself, just like anything else, if you say you can't do it you're not going to be able to do it, so if you tell yourself that this is worth something or it has more of an emotional connection. than it really does you got to just have a different conversation with yourself around your what could be considered possible <laughs> junk
2: exactly right. Yeah, i mean i learned this list. so angela's uh grandfather passed away unfortunately and then i have this book of coins and yeah. he kept them forever and there are these pennies that are really really old and i yeah. thought i was a millionaire and i went there and they're like that's five dollars and i was like oh my gosh he kept them for probably like 40 years or something and it was literally like five bucks so like yeah. really be strategic and understand what is valuable and what's not such a valuable point chad um
4: yeah. tell us who the junk luggers are Well, so basically we are your local small franchise, family owned, uh, eco-friendly junk removal company that really does pride ourselves on uh, some very specific core values. Number one, being on time. I I think time is one of the most important things that we have in our life. And when we say we're gonna be there, we're gonna be there. The other thing is our price assurance. For example, we come and we give a free estimate and, and let's say we estimate uh, the truck is going to be half full and it ends up being completely full. Guess what? We're not going to charge you that difference. We're going to stand by the price that we quoted. Now on the flip side, if we come in and we say, hey, well, this is going to be a full truck and it ends up being a half truck. Well, guess what? We're only going to charge you what what we put in the truck. And so those things are really, really important to us in our company.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's great, um, Chad. And every company, great company, has uh, some pretty powerful core values that a lot of thought have gone around. What are the core values for you guys? Yeah.
4: So again, one, to be on time. Two, to, to provide a, a price assurance. 3 to partner with our local charities and communities to donate recycle upcycle, reuse as much as possible so that we really can prevent things from going into the landfill. Those things are extremely extremely important to us and we are our staff is trained specifically on how to interact with families when there has been a difficult loss. Um, In many cases that can be very hard on families families are not in town in some cases we know how difficult that can be and we want to be able to step in and assist those folks during that difficult time so those are our values chad i know there's a lot of listeners
2: right now that are connecting you can just see the passion with you and your purpose behind this so i know they're going to connect with you so i'm sure they're
4: wondering what areas you serve thank you for asking so we are in the north puget sound so basically north seattle we go as far east as woodenville and then monroe and go up as far as camano island <laughs> yeah. I live in
2: Monroe that's I sorry I had to do we that We can come over there and help you <laughs> <laughs> sounds good
4: yeah
1: yep so Chad what is the most interesting thing or things that you've loved because I'm sure there's been uh some really interesting ones
4: there is uh, I had to ask the owner because I'm not typically the person that's on the truck so uh, I will tell you two one uh I don't know if you know the NASCAR driver, uh, Tom Petty, but he uh, had some Pepsi bottles, commemorative Pepsi bottles that were still full um, that we picked up and the family didn't want anymore. Though That's really pretty cool. Um, wow, had, yeah, I,
1: that doesn't seem like junk. I'd wanna keep I that, know, so maybe I do need it, yeah.
4: Well, we can donate that. Um, then uh, we actually had a, a, a situation with a family that had just sold their home. They're downsizing their home. They had two uh, engine blocks sitting in their garage Um, or one by the side of the house and one in their garage. And unfortunately they contacted several different other companies that just couldn't figure out how to do it. So we did some research, found a way to say yes and obviously went out and took care of that. So those are a couple of interesting, but there's plenty more, I assure you. <laughs> well, that's some skills, Chad. Those are heavy. And I mean, you never know what's coming out
2: of those things, you know, as far as fluids and all kinds of stuff. So that was probably not an easy task. Um, yeah. I, I would imagine um, people are also probably our listeners are wondering
4: about moving services. Do you guys help with that piece? Thanks for asking that. Right now, at this time, that's not part of what we are offering. Now, as part of Junk Luggers, in the future, as we grow as a business, a small business, that is a service that we're that we are going to be able to offer. We recognize that that is a need for people, but at this moment in time, we are not movers. We can help people get things packed, we can help them get things organized, we can help them donate, recycle the items that are that are going to be needed. But as far as physically moving them from point A to point B, that's not something we're offering at this time.
1: Yeah, and that's a great, great clarification, because if you're moving and you have a lot of extra stuff, uh, Chad, their team could come in and they can get that all organized and then get it packed for you, It's just the physical moving. So uh great, uh, uh, great breakdown of that, uh, Chad. So as we're wrapping up our time here with you today, how do you schedule a project?
4: Sure. Well, there's three ways. You can do one. Call me, Chad Galloway. My telephone number is 425-988-9578. You can go on uh, 1-800, or call 1-800-LUG-JUNK, call that's L-U-G-J-U-N-K, or you can go online to www.junkluggersofnorthpugetsound.com and schedule the pickup right then and there. And We offer same day and next day appointments, so we're really excited about being able to do that for people. When they want to do something, they want to get it done now. They don't want to wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's you definitely when you're in that, especially if you're uh, in the market and thinking about doing something, you want to move quickly. Uh, well, Chad, thank you so much for, uh, for coming in. We really appreciate uh, having you here and what you're doing for our community, because uh, if you can get rid of that junk, uh, have somebody help you so that you're not having to deal with that stress on your own. You're going to have a better quality of life. You're going to be healthier and you're going to save money. So great service that you're offering, Chad.
4: Thank you so very much.
1: Yes coming up next to the money hour more than saying cheese if you're looking at the video you can see me smiling how to choose a family photographer and prepare for a shoot we have amy kellyo of amy kellyo photography right here on 11:50 a.m kknw
0: Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW. You can also listen to our podcast podcast. Facebook premiere show or on our show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on any of my upcoming events, please go to Tina Mitchell I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co host Keelan Harvey.
1: We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market. On everything regarding your money we are here to help you in today's economy now in studio we have amy Kellyo of amy Kellyo photography more than just saying cheese how to choose a family photographer and prepare for a shoot right here on 11 50 am kknw welcome to the show
5: for the first time amy thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here
1: Likewise, and a little bit about Amy. Uh, Amy is a professional lifestyle and documentary family photographer serving Seattle and the surrounding area. Amy specializes in creating art, that captures connection and authentic emotion. Her family photo shoots are held outdoors using natural light and offer a mix of gentle posing guidance along with plenty of playtime to capture fun, candid moments. Her packages cover a wide range of photography needs from shorter seasonal celebrations to full day in life sessions. In addition to families, Amy also enjoys photographing newborns seniors and individual portraits
2: awesome amy i'm excited for this I, I heard through the grapevine that you were actually a nurse a family nurse practitioner practitioner i could talk today before you got into photography um what led you to make that decision to, to switch your occupation there
5: Thanks for asking Keelan. You know, I think it's an interesting time. A lot of us are kind of in this boat of trying to figure out what's next. COVID kind of made a lot of people reconsider. Um and so I have to, I just think it's um in my personal case, I was a, I am still a family nurse practitioner, love that work, but um have always also been a photographer and uh I started to burn out a little bit. I started to kind of caregive at work and caregive at home and I um just I had a chance to step back and think about what do I really want to spend kind of the next half of my career focusing on. And I'm so excited to be able to say it's, it's photography and to really pursue that dream. So it's been, I feel very lucky. Oh, so excited because yeah, when you're
1: doing something that you are passionate about, it is actually your gift and that's why you're passionate about it. So Amy, um, everyone is obviously just taking every photo that they can think of on their phones. So can you share uh, with somebody listening today that's thinking, why would I hire a professional family photographer when I can use my home, my own phone, because I imagine uh, there's a
5: really good reason in why. Yeah. Thanks, Tina. So yeah, I think, you know, we do all walk around with these amazing cameras in our pockets. And so people think, well, that's all I really need. And I have so many family photos that way. And that is true. However, I think that professional family photography kind of brings a few things to the table that you really just can't get on a phone. Um, The first question I'll ask you is when you're looking at a family photograph that was taken on a phone, who's missing? It's usually mom to be honest, but whoever it is that's taking the picture is not in the photograph. And I think so often we don't have photographs with everybody together and that's super important. Another thing I'll mention is uh, photographers bring you know a lot of expertise to the table that really makes a difference when you're looking at the art. So an understanding of lighting, an understanding of composition and of posing in a way to really communicate connection and whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, photographers also have equipment that brings a higher resolution to the, to the picture. So if you're looking to make it larger, let's say on your wall, um, it would be harder to, to, to blow up a, p- a picture from your iPhone, but a lot easier to to blow up a file that you might get from a professional photographer. And lastly, I'd like to point out that, you know, we are living through history and, you know, we are living through a pandemic and in about two generations or so, our grandkids are going to want to know what was it like to live through the pandemic of 2020. And I think that, you know, I always try to capture at least a few pictures of people wearing their masks and things like that. And I'd say those are things we have in our phones, but, you know, to really get some captured photographs of what was this like so that you can have, you know, those future generations can can see it so that's yeah. uh, so true. I've, I've actually taken, uh, photos of things that are happening, uh, in the grocery
1: store and the signs and, uh, the, uh, the ice skaters when there was nobody in the audience, but fake people I've done that. So yes, I can bring back in, uh, in, in what it was like then. And also I have to give a shout out before I knew Amy, uh, I, I had my headshot up, uh, upgrade uh, up done and I went into a studio and this is important, uh, takeaway why it's so important to have the best of the best. And this is why we have Amy here. Uh, Um, My photographer, the photographer was, was excellent, but what the way I was trying to do my photo, which is my natural way that I do, he was making me do these awkward things. Like don't open my eyes so big, put my head out to do all this weird stuff that felt so awkward. And I knew those photos were going to be horrendous. And when I looked at all the photos, how I normally would do a photo versus what he forced me to do and felt so awkward, I my photos were horrifying in my poses. So just like you said, Amy, uh, so critically important that you work with a professional photographer and you need to make sure that you have the best of the best that actually knows how to coach you so that you can look good, especially on those uh,
5: family photos. Yes, true,
2: yeah, exactly. Tina, you teed me up perfectly there. So, which leads me exactly to that question. What are some things to consider when selecting a family photographer?
5: Thanks, Keelan. Uh, So a few things, you know, the first thing is going to be exactly kind of what Tina was just talking about. What style of photography are you looking for? And when we're talking about family photography, there's a few different kind of camps that we can think about. The first is the traditional studio portrait, probably what teen experienced. And those are wonderful. Whether it's for a family or for a headshot, you're going to go into a studio. There's going to probably be some some lighting. There's going to be maybe a backdrop, um, a little more formal and traditional. Then there is what we call lifestyle. I practice lifestyle as well as documentary. And lifestyle is kind of an in-between where we're trying to capture... If you can imagine, you know, we're trying to capture candid, natural things that might happen. If I hung out with your family for a week, I might be exposed to a whole variety of really fun moments together. But how do I get that in an hour? So, lifestyle photography allows me to take you into a place where I know the lighting's gonna be good. Maybe it's a place that you love, like a beach or a park. Um, And really give you some fun things to do that are going to allow you to play and interact in a way that's going to capture some of the magic that naturally occurs between you, but might be hard when a a camera's hanging out in front of your face. Um, I do use some posing techniques that will communicate some of that connection like okay maybe if you're touching each other versus if your hands are just hanging by the side or let's get you really close things like that that really communicate that 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 feeling and that emotion and then lastly there's documentary and that's really where you're a fly on the wall i could be with you for a day i could be watching your family from you know toothbrushing to bedtime and i'm really capturing all of the kind of little things that you might think why would someone want that? And in 10 years, when your kids are grown, you might think, God, it's so cool to be able to look back and see what was it like to have a young kid, you know? So that's, those are the things, those are the three different type styles. Um, another question is, what do you want? Do you want one photo? Do you want 10 photos? Do you wanna select from a bunch? Do you just want the files or do you actually want the photos themselves from the, from the photographer? How much are you looking to spend? Do you wanna be shot inside or outside? look at the photographer's photo uh, portfolio um, you know really different looks depending on who you're selecting and then last make sure there's a connection try to get the, photo- the photographer a little bit because you're probably going to make a relationship with this person and see them a few times over the course of maybe your family's you know life
1: yes so amy i know that you take most of your photos outdoors using the natural light if someone is interested in taking photos
5: outdoor, what time of day is best for an outdoor photo shoot Thanks for asking that. So you've probably heard photographers mention golden hour. Golden hour tends to happen in the hour before sunset. And the reason that we love that light so much is that the sun is low, it's casting nice long shadows, and the warm light that you see when you look out the window these days between eight and nine o'clock, you know, that warm glowy, it's it's just such a yummy feeling. It looks wonderful on people's, you know, kind of going through their hair and all of that. So either early in the morning or late in the evening is when you're gonna really get that beautiful light.
2: So, uh, family photo shoots is an investment. What are some of those hidden costs that you may not be aware of?
5: Right. So it is an investment. And again, people say, well, I got this phone. Why would I want to do that? Um, so there's a few things that are behind the scenes that you don't really see once the photographer shows up or after the fact. Um, so one of them is scouting time. If I've never shot in a particular location, I'm going to go and I'm going to spend at least an hour walking around, getting to know where is the light at different times, where is the shadow. So I really know some good places to take pictures. The second is going to be after I take your photographs. I'm going to spend some hours doing some editing, and what comes straight out of camera versus what I actually give you, they look pretty different. And I do a lot of work to make sure that things are light and bright and you know well balanced. Um, obviously, there's the expertise of the photographer. You know, they they've spent years developing their craft, and so you're looking for a piece of art, and you want to make sure that you have someone who's invested the time to do that, and so um, you're you're paying for that. Um, Again, you know, there's a lot of, it's a small business. So there's the insurance and the investment in the equipment and all of that, that the photographer is bringing to the table to be able to offer their services. And so the cost of a photo shoot kind of considers all of that
1: you get what you pay for. I mean, we all know that. If you wanna discount, you wanna discount a chop. you're gonna get discounted, service and results and end game. If you wanna get something quality, especially when you're talking about photos of your family, that's gonna be around forever and generations after you, uh, you wanna make the investment for that. So Amy, some people may worry about their children, they're not gonna cooperate. I'm sure Keelan, uh, he's probably thinking, oh my gosh, this is gonna be great, getting the uh, new baby and uh, London uh, into a photo shoot. But at a photo shoot and with the photographer uh, how, how does that, how does that work? How did they get them all together and make it come out perfect?
5: <laughs> well, sometimes I mean it depends on what you perfect define. Isn't, it. Perfect isn't perfect isn't okay, exactly. perfect. It's, yeah. it's all in the yeah what are you talking about perfect but I'll say there's a few things I always tell families. One is please make sure that your kids, especially if they're young, are well-fed re, sorry, well fed and rested to the extent that you can. So that might mean you have to push a nap. You might need to give a snack, especially in the summer when the sun is setting so late. We're asking kids to kind of push their bedtime sometimes. Um, the second thing is, you know, give the kids some control. I was on a photo shoot the other day and, you know, the kiddo was just not into it. And so I said, you know what, what do you want to do? And she's like, let's go climb a tree. And I was like, great idea. And we got the best shots of the photo, you know, of the shoot there. So give the kid a little bit of control what do they enjoy doing and that you're going to get that natural you know joie de vivre come out Um, and lastly again thinking about your style make sure that what you're looking for is going to match up with what the um, photographer is able to do so if you're looking for something that's fun and you know versus a little bit of a more formal shoot make sure that you've done the work to kind of think that you know what I'm looking for is what this photographer is going to give me so in that case you know a lifestyle might be a good a good a good um, selection. if your kiddo tends to be a little more high energy and isn't really gonna sit and look at the yeah. camera, and that's okay, we'll get some good shots anyway.
1: Yeah, so Keelan for that family for uh, Lurk needs a nap and Linda needs a snack.
2: Yeah, amen, <laughs> exactly. I love this. Um, all the time actually, so it doesn't change yeah. anything for me. Exactly. Um, so and and I'm Amy. You're being so modest about this because you are an artist. Like that, everything you do, the one thing that you have that I nobody can just go and paint a picture like you. You're you know everything about photographer, and, uh, photography. I should say, and it's not just about taking pictures. It's about capturing something like a true artist. So that cannot be replicated, and it makes all the difference in the world. We only have a minute left, and with that being said, there's other times in my life. I know that it may be important. To to bring a photographer, to document things, what are some of these events that you can mention for some of our listeners on time, things in life that may make sense that you want to capture?
5: Thank you, Keelan. So just briefly, I'll mention, so some of the places where you'll also see family photographers doing work, capturing newborns, right, you know, so a couple weeks after uh, birth, you see a lot of maternity work being done, adventure work, if you're going to go pick up, you know, pick some berries or pumpkin patch, bring a photographer along and let them Photograph those moments, the fun things that you're doing together. There's some great stuff that can be captured. Um, day in the life is where, again, I kind of spend the whole day with you and we can we capture all the kind of minutiae that I mentioned. And last but not least, you know, we're in the time of like we're coming, we're coming together with our families after COVID. There's COVID reunions, there's older parents that we haven't seen in years. We're going to get together with them. Briefly, I'll just say I, I was talking to a woman and she was saying, Oh yeah, I want to get a picture with my husband, you know, and then she was relaying her Mother's Day story. She spent time with her mother. Um, who's in her 80s and some of those, um, her sisters. And I said, wait a minute, I, I get that you want to have a picture with the husband, but what about the mom and the three sisters? Mom's 87. Let's get that picture. And she's like, wow. And the light bulb went off. So, you know, getting those pictures with people that you love and you cherish, things change. You never know how things are going to change. Capture it now. Yeah,
1: I, I definitely will say for myself, there's a lot of memories I wish I would have captured. And that is a really, really bad and a sad place to be. So moving forward, um, I definitely am capturing memories. Amy, thank you so, for, so much for being here on our show. We really appreciate it.
5: This was really fun. I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you.
1: Yeah. And thank you to all of our guests for being here today. Uh, It was a pleasure to interview you again. Take a look at John there. He's doing some magic if you are watching our video. So connect with each one of our guests, Amy, John, Chad, for their services. Uh, again, we only bring in the best of the best. And thank you for being here and for being a listener. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host Keelan Harvey.
1: We are your local mortgage experts, and we have to sign off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Look forward to talking with you. More money next weekend right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.